Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Monday, March 15, 2021. The Ides of March. I did a radio commentary on the um, execution of Julius Caesar and why that's still famous today after all these years. Anyway, poor Julius, RIP, stand up for your country. So I'm going to lead again with President Biden because this is a big concern that I have as an American and as a journalist. I've never seen anything like this in my 46 years of covering the news. I've never seen a presidency operate this way. Now, first, critics of Mr. Biden make a mistake when you nitpick the man. So in his COVID address, hey, you know, so he said the 4th of July, we can get together or whatever. He said, it doesn't matter. You'll make that the call. You'll make that decision. Nobody's going to come to your backyard on Memorial Day or 4th of July and tell you what to do. Um, hopefully the vaccinations are ramping up very quickly and by the end of May, we'll be able to resume some normalcy. But whatever Mr. Biden said, it really doesn't matter, does it? But I listened to a whole bunch of conservative radio and TV people pick apart the speech and I went, well, you're missing a big picture here. None of that matters. What matters is what Mr. Biden is doing, not saying. Okay, so every day we're going to give you a schedule so you know exactly what kind of a lift it is in the White House. So today at 9.50 a.m., um, President Biden received his daily briefing. Now, Jimmy Carter used to be there at 7 in the morning, 9.50 a.m. All right, that's okay. I'm not an early morning person either. They didn't have anything until 1.45, four hours later. He's got nothing on the schedule. Then he delivers remarks on the implementation of the American Rescue Plan. What is that? You just gave the speech, okay? What, are you going to give it again? It's not a nationally broadcast. It's not no reporters. He doesn't talk to reporters, ever. All right, so that's what he did today. That's it. Was there bowling? Was there croquet? Was there reading a book? I, I, I don't know, because it's not here. So what did Joe Biden do over the weekend? Well, he went home to Delaware again. I don't begrudge him that. I don't. It's his house. It's a short ride from D.C. to Wilmington, Delaware. All right. But what did he do there? Nobody knows. Now, I mean, really, we went over it last week. He didn't do anything. He gave the address. Somebody wrote it for him, put in a prompter. He had to rehearse it, but that's it. Now we're off to this week. What is he doing? Nothing. Okay. So what we do learn from the Bloomberg News Agency, which is semi-reliable, but this is true, I believe, is now that we have the Great American Rescue Plan, we're going to have the Great American Tax Hike to go right along with it. Because the rescue plan masks the tax. Now, you're already paying more tax since Biden took over almost eight weeks ago. How? In the gas deal. By filling your car with gas, by heating your home. Gas prices are up big, as you know, or you should know. Okay? So you're paying a tax. That's a tax. Because gas prices did not have to go up. And they would not have gone up had Mr. Biden not attacked the fossil fuel and gas and oil industries. They wouldn't have gone up. They would stay where they were. But no, way up. And going to continue to rise a lot. Tax on you. So 
many Americans are going to get 1400 bucks as a COVID stimulus relief check from the government. That's going to be gone like that. And I'll tell you how. So for the first time in 30 years, the Biden administration is raising federal taxes. Okay. An independent analysis by the Tax Policy Center found that the tax rise will bring in $2.1 trillion over 10 years. Okay? A lot of money. Now, it'll be rolled back because I don't believe the Democrats are going to continue in power because it's already a disaster and getting worse every day. So the plan increases uh, corporate income tax 21 to 28%. Here's your tax right there. Right there. So corporations in the USA, which were cajoled home by Donald Trump, threatened everything. Come back because we're giving you a favorable tax rate now, 21 percent. Well, that goes up 7 percent. That's a lot. Well, what do you think they're going to do? The corporations, they're not going to just take that off the bottom line. They're going to charge more money for their products across the board. And you have to pay that. That's a tax on you. See, it's what you have in your wallet that matters. Not how much you make, not what the tax rate is, what you have in your wallet. Your wallets are getting lighter and lighter and lighter under Biden. All right, so 21 to 28 on a corporate level. If you make more than 400000 a year, so now you're going to go up to about 40% of that. All right, about 40% you're going to pay just to the feds. If you live in California or Connecticut or New York, you pay big state tax on top of it, okay? And then the estate tax, when you die, Fed's going to come in for a lot more. That's confiscation. That's a socialist one. So you want to leave something to your children, grandchildren, Fed's going to take a big piece, big piece, particularly if you have a lot of assets. And finally, uh, higher capital gains tax for individuals making at least a million. That's all financiers. So that means there'll be less investment in the stock market. How do you think that's going to play out to the corporations? Huh? So here's my prediction. Short-term COVID subsides, spending increases until October and November. We're going to be okay here in the USA as far as our economy is concerned. The Biden tax rise, should it pass, won't take effect until next January 22. But anticipation of that, the stock market will be driven down last couple of months of this year and the economy will start to wobble like this because everybody's not going to go back to the job. All right. You know, a lot of people changing up because of COVID. Now, the consequences of the Biden tax rise are like the consequences to the Biden border plan. There are going to be plenty of them, and they're all going to be bad. Does Joe Biden know that? I don't know. He doesn't answer any questions about it. Think he knows what the unintended consequences of raising corporate and personal income taxes and taxes on stock profits and bond profits? you think he knows? Okay. So... Immigration, we already know. When President Trump was in office, everybody had to wait in Mexico. Asylum seekers, if they caught you, you got kicked back to Mexico that day. There was no warehousing you, it was any of that. Everybody had to wait there. 
that suppressed the caravans, the mass migration into the United States. People didn't want to wait in those camps. They're not nice places. All right. Well, as soon as Biden got in, he did away with all of that. So what happened? Well, total encounters, February 2021, last month, more than 100,000 on the border. In September, 55,000, almost a double. Kids coming over. Now, we're going to get into the kids thing in a moment. February, last month, 9,457 children detained by the Border Patrol. Almost 10,000 children. September, 4,000. More than a double. And again, we'll explain why the kids are coming across in a moment. And the migrant facilities are now overwhelmed. So the border towns are overwhelmed. Do people have COVID coming over? Yes, they do. Not all of them. But they did a little survey in Brownsville and they found out a significant number had COVID, as you would expect. Did they get tested? No. Did they get on a bus? Yes. Okay, this is all the Biden plan. So he knocks out Trump and what Trump did to suppress migration. And what does he put in there? Nothing. Nothing. And that's why you have the chaos you have. This is not trigonometry. If you're going to change a policy, you have to have a better policy. If you're going to raise taxes, you have to anticipate that's going to have a deleterious effect on the overall economy. It always does. Does Biden know? Does Biden care? This is what worries me. So you hate Trump? Fine. He knew what he was doing economically. You hate Obama? Fine. Obama knew, he knew that you couldn't have an open border. His administration in eight years deported more people than any other administration ever did. He knew that. Biden doesn't know it. Biden wants, apparently, millions of foreign nationals support to the country. Is that going to help the economy? Is that going to help the job market? No. It's going to drain resources that are already strained. Because all these people are going to be entitled to Medicare. And you heard Joe Biden, I'll pay for all the medical care. Everybody in here. Got to get free medical care from the government. We're going to pay for it. So now, you know, I'm not an ideologue. I scold the ideologues. You're concentrating on Biden's COVID speech because he wants the 4th of July as a meeting place and you're mocking him for that. You know, that's ridiculous. Forget it. That means nothing. This means something. Your economic well-being and open borders in the United States of America. That means something. And Biden has no clue, in my opinion, humble opinion, about the unintended consequences, the negative consequences of his actions. Okay. Nancy Pelosi. Now, Nancy Pelosi can say anything she wants to say because she's unaccountable. The zombies in her district in San Francisco will vote for her no matter what. The people in the House of Representatives fear her because she doles out the campaign funds for them to get reelected. The press doesn't go near her. Everyone fears Nancy. She's a wicked witch of the West. So here's what Nancy Pelosi says about the open border and all the kids coming across it. 
There are more children, uh, about six, seven hundred more children, unaccompanied children coming over the border. Uh, the, uh, this is a humanitarian challenge to all of us. Uh, what the administration has inherited is a broken system at the border, and they are working to correct that in the children's interest. That's just, I mean, I'm not going to use the word lie because she doesn't even know what's a lie and what's truth. She's so steeped in left-wing propaganda, doesn't even know. All right, so it's Trump's fault. Everything that goes wrong in the Biden administration will be Trump's fault. You know that, okay? But little Georgie Stephanopoulos, who's interviewing her, he doesn't challenge at all, which is why Mr. Biden has given little Georgie an interview on Wednesday. That's like having your mom interview you. Georgie comes in. He's a, he's a Democratic apparatchik. And he's, he's ABC News's top gun. He's Disney's top newsman. Georgie Stephanopoulos. Think about it. All right. The no solution zone. That is what I am naming the Biden administration. Let's bring in Jessica Vaughn. She's coming up from South Carolina. She's the director of policy studies at the Center for Immigration Studies. Why are the kids coming in? Why are so many unattended children streaming across the border, Jessica? They're coming now because they believe uh, with good reason that if they come now, they will be allowed into the United States for an indefinitely. Um, because that is what has happened to thousands of people before them. And so that is why they are, have been coming lately, because Joe Biden broadcast that he was going to do away with Trump's policies at the border that had put a stop to the previous surge of people. And not only would he let people in, especially kids and families coming with kids, but also that he intends to pass with his allies, the Democrats in Congress, massive amnesty bills so that they and their families will be able to be on a path to citizenship. That's why they're coming now. Uh, that, and, you know, they're not uh, stupid. They're coming because they realistically expect to be able to stay, which they who, have who been. Who told and, them all this? They're not zeroed in. These kids aren't zeroed in on cable news or anything like that. They don't read the newspapers. Most of them are 15, 16 years old. Who told them all this? Their friends and family members who are already here who made it through, the smuggling organizations tell them this, the local media in their home countries uh, broadcast what Joe Biden himself said during the campaign and since he became president. That so he so going people, to media in Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Panama, they want their people to come to the United States? They, they're encouraging that? No, I think that that well, the smugglers certainly do because they want the business, but they simply report on what's going on in the United States. And Joe Biden was making speeches and, and other Democrats have been making speeches about the need to reverse Trump's border policies and the need to have a massive amnesty. So that's what they're covering. And people get the message. But again, they're hearing from their friends and family who are already here saying now is the time to come. Time we to know. This I'm not everybody's to got a cell phone. Um, your Center for Immigration Studies is basically uh, an analytic operation, okay? So 
many people believe, and I am one of them, the Democratic Party wants open borders so they can flood the zone with foreign nationals. And when they are eventually legalized, as Joe Biden wants to do, um, give them amnesty, then they'll be able to vote Democrat. Uh, most of them will vote that way because Democrats are the party of entitlement. Is that what this is really all about? That is certainly part of it for Democratic politicians, but also uh, a lot of Democrats believe that immigration is just a free lunch, that that there are no downsides to it whatsoever, that everyone will become assimilated magically and become contributing members of American society. And I think that does happen to a great extent with our immigration policy. But when we have overwhelming numbers of people who are coming, who lack the education and skills to be self-sufficient once they get here, that's not gonna happen. Instead, this is gonna be a massive burden on taxpayers because of the fact that people who are coming are, are, are not educated, or at least not as educated as Americans are on average. And so it's it's going to be very costly. But they definitely are in it for the votes as well. There's no question. Okay. Last question for you. I don't see any reversal. It's impossible for the Biden administration to go back on. You know, they can't get tough on the border. They can't stop it all. They can't say we're not going to give them amnesty. They can't do any of that. So how bad do you think it's going to get in the next couple of years? Well, I, I do think it is going to get much worse. Um, what could happen is that Mexico and the Northern Triangle countries could decide to enforce their own borders because after all, enriching the criminal cartels is not good for them either. I think different states within the United States and localities are gonna push back on this. And I think that there will be enough Democrats in Congress who have to get reelected in 2022 who realize that their own job is at risk if they continue to pursue this mass amnesty open borders agenda. But we're going to there are going to be a few things that pass Congress and we're not going to see much immigration enforcement in the interior. And so we're going to see some public safety disasters happen before uh, common sense prevails well, and, and this is shut down. Unless the people rise up. And I mean, the immigrants too, the legal immigrants. I mean, I don't know if they want this. Um, unless they rise Not up, nothing, nothing is going to happen. Jessica, thanks very much. We really appreciate your expertise. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. All right, let's switch into uh, our cities. So, as you know, and I don't have to belabor this because it's beyond a reasonable doubt. Nobody denies it. The murder and shooting rates in all of the largest cities in the country are rising dramatically. The very simple reason is 
that the liberals who run these cities, they're all left-wing cities, will not enforce the law. Okay, they won't. Chicago's the best example, but let me give you some stats. Murders in New York City, okay, up 58% last year, 58%. Shootings up 103% in New York City, okay? So New York has gone from the safest city in the country per capita to one of the most dangerous, and that's because of the communist mayor de Blasio. Los Angeles murders up 35%, and here's an unbelievable stat. In L.A., the city of Los Angeles, they don't keep statistics on shootings. Cops don't know. That's got to be on purpose. Chicago, all right, murders, and they're already astronomical, all right? Last year, 3,261 people were murdered, most of them African Americans in Chicago. 3,261 last year. That was a 33 Percent. I'm sorry, that was shootings. That was shootings that I just gave you. Murders last year, 769, up from 495, a 33% increase. Shootings, that was a phenomenal number, 37% increase. Why? Because if you are caught with an illegal gun, if you're a gangbanger and the cops get you and you have an illegal gun, a lot of times you're not even held on bail. Very few. Just possession of a gun. Get punished. That's why. Houston. All right. Murders up 61%. Shootings, they don't keep stats in Houston on shootings. Phoenix. Murders up 45%. No stats on shootings. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Now, who's getting killed? Well, in 2019, last stats we have available. 55%. Of all those murdered in the USA were black. Okay, 55%. 29% white. And perpetrators? Perpetrators? Um, white, 29%. Black, 40%. Almost 40-40. So what you have here is black-on-black crime. That's what you have. Take that out of the equation, everything goes down. But you can't say that, even though the stats prove it. You can't say it, or you're racist. This is how the cancel culture operates. And this is why it's in place. Because progressives don't want you to know how their policies put you in danger. So you can't say it, or you're racist. WGN is a a news operation in Chicago, all right? It investigated um, gun, felony gun arrests over Memorial Day and Labor Day weekends in 2019, all right? 87% were out on no bail or small bail, 87%. L.A. County, the DA there is a guy named Gascon, all right? George a guest gone. And George says, hey, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to enforce the law. I'm not. I mean, I'm not going to do property crimes. Somebody steals your car, breaks into your house, doesn't hurt you. I'm too busy. So he's getting hammered by people in L.A. County 
who say, this is insane. We're in danger. All these crews in their vans are zooming around. They know even if they get caught, nothing's going to happen to them because of George Gascon. So here's what he tweeted. Ready? Quote, here in L.A., we're seeing a backlash against reform fueled by conservative media, law enforcement unions, and other tough-on-crime types. From fear-mongering to scare tactics, we are watching history repeat itself. But this time, reform will prevail, unquote. Reform means we don't arrest, okay? We don't prosecute. We kind of try to reason with the criminals. Try to find out why you're doing it. Maybe their ancestors were slaves and can't punish them after that happened. This is why it's all happening. Portland, Oregon. Another why. So Thursday night, uh, the Mark O. Hatfield U.S. Courthouse set a fire. All right. One person arrested. About 50 involved in a fire. One. 22-year-old Darby Howard. All right. Um, he'd be in hell. They, the judge would not release Darby. So the Hatfield Building Federal Courthouse attacked on Friday night. The next night, police detained a crowd of more than 100 protesters on, in the Pearl District of Portland. I used to live and work in Portland. Okay, it's a beautiful town then. It's a mess now. All right. It's a mess because of this DA, Mike Schmidt. He's just like Gaston. He's not going to enforce the law. He's not going to arrest the protesters, even if they get violent, as long as it's property crime. So you burn stuff down, break the window, loot. Mike's not going to bother. It's what's happening. See? It's what's happening. Uh, I hate to report all this to you, but I have to. I have to. All right, let's go to COVID. So 21% of the entire adult population in the USA has gotten one dose, and 11% are fully vaccinated. Over the next month, month and a half, till May 1st, that'll triple. All right, now there are people who say, I'm not going to get vaxxed. All right, your personal decision. But the majority of Americans will get vaxxed. And that will drive the transmission down. Here's the most fascinating story to come out of COVID. So Florida, they didn't shut down very much. All right. They basically said, hey, we're going to go. We're going to have masks and social distancing, but we're not going to mandate it. So the governor, Ron DeSantis, kept businesses open. Meanwhile, in California, Gavin Newsom, who's under recall now, uh, he said now he's shutting everything down. Still shut down. All the small businesses, everything's out. Everybody goes out of business. Only people who can stay in business are the hairdresser that did Nancy Pelosi's hair. Everybody else has got to shut down. So California and Florida, 180 degrees different, right? So who won? It was a tie. It was a tie. With all the draconian methods in California, they had the same fatality rate pretty much as Florida. Pretty much the same. Deaths per million in uh, California, 1,413. Florida, 1,503. 90 difference. And then a lot more older people in Florida. So there you go. You want the facts? There are the facts. 
So a bunch of idiot spring breakers down in Miami and 150 got arrested. All right. Apparently, they had guns, drugs, um, underage drinking, the usual. Cops grabbing them in Miami Beach. Um, nowhere to run in Miami Beach, by the way. So if you're an idiot and you're there, you're not going to be able to get away. It's too narrow. So they rounded up 120 people and some of them, 42 are charged with felonies. So they're not messing around in Florida. Now, you can go on spring break, but don't be an idiot. All right. Go to a place on the beach that's not crowded. Don't get drunk. Don't stay out late. Don't go to the bars. You know, you don't have to wear the mask on the beach, but don't be an idiot. And the cops out of Miami will get you. Europe's a mess. All right. How come Europe didn't, didn't invent any vaccines? I think somebody, in England they have something, but all the vaccines came out of here. How come? Why didn't Europe do it? Now... They say, ooh, well, AstraZeneca may cause blood clots. That's the big vaccine in Europe. AstraZeneca. AstraZeneca goes, no, no. Our vaccine's fine. I don't know. Okay, but they've halted the vaccine. But here's my, why why didn't anybody in Europe come up with this? Okay. Europe is in bad shape. We're going to emerge from this a lot faster than the Europeans will. So in Evanston, Illinois, which is a town um, about 12 miles north of Chicago, liberal town, suburb of Chicago, obviously, population there is 60 percent white. All right. 16 percent black. But last year, the city council in Evanston passed a reparations law. So there's about 75,000 people in Evanston. Right, and the reparations law said we in Evanston, out of our city funds are going to pay black people. Okay. And we're going to get money from donations and a revenue from 3% tax collected on the sale of recreational cannabis pot in Evanston. So using a pot money. So they, they got a, a program going where they give African-Americans $25,000 toward home ownership, home improvement or mortgage assistance. Not enough. Nope, not, not enough. So the Reverend Michael Neighbors, the president of the Evanston NAACP, says, mm, we want more. Okay, now all I'm doing is reporting. If you are a town, city, county, or state, and the authorities vote on reparations and it passes, you can give reparations. But you can't do that on the national level. Why? Because Congress has to approve all expenditures. Okay? Can't do an executive order. Can't do any of that. Congress has to approve the money. And that'll never happen. I shouldn't say never, but it's not going to happen in the foreseeable future. Because most Americans don't think that's right. But in Evanston, apparently they do think it's right. But it's not enough. They want more than 25 grand. All right, cancel culture update. We're going to cancel some stuff. We, us. Now, I hope you read my column, all right, on fairness in America. We're not a fair country anymore. And that column's important for you to read, so I hope you do. So here's, I'm going to cancel tonight 10 cliches. You know what cliche is? Overused words, okay? I'm canceling 10 of them. I don't want to ever hear these again. First one, cool, awesome. 
Cool Awesome. Can we please, can we please cease on Cool Awesome? Second one, end of the day. Now, I started this five years ago when I was on cable. End of the day. Do we have to hear that incessantly? Can we just come up with another phrase? End of the day has to go. Deep dive. Uh, as a diver, anybody who says deep dive, I know has never taken one. Deep dive is stupid. If you say it, you look stupid. Wildly. Do we need that adjective? Wildly, we don't. All right. It is what it is. No, it isn't. It is what it is, is a lazy expression. It's lazy. It means you don't know what you want to say. I have no clue on what to say in this conversation. It is what it is. No. Next one. All bad, all good, my bad. My bad, all good. Both are bad. I'll be honest. So that means that most of the time you're not honest. Most of the time you're a charlatan or a liar or a deceiver. I'll be honest. Don't say it. Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, you're a moron. I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying that if you say, I'm just saying, you don't have an articulate bone in your body. And finally, wellness. Can we do away with the wellness? It's making me sick. Wellness. All right, we're canceling those cliches. I will have more, and you can give me suggestions. UC Berkeley in California uh, is now a Hispanic-serving institution. What does that mean? Hispanic-serving institution designated by the federal government. It means that at least 25% of undergraduate students identify as Chicanx Latinx. Okay. Just thought you'd like to know that. And UC Berkeley, uh, proud of that. They want to do the race thing. They want to do the ethnicity thing. They like that. I think that's fun. This day in history, March 15th, the Ides of March, 1972, the Godfather opens in America. For my money, the best movie of all time, Godfather 1 and 2, not 3, not 3. All right, so The Godfather opens up. Marlon Brando, you see him there. He wins Best Actor. Godfather wins Best Picture. Francis Ford Coppola, the director, is only, what was he? He's a kid, 31, 32, 31 years old. And uh, it made $711 million in today's money. Big, big, big hit. Now, if you haven't seen The Godfather, you need to see it. It is a brilliant piece of cinema. The acting is an Every part is incredible. And the storyline in The Godfather, a lot of it's true. How do I know that? Because I wrote Killing the Mob, which I'll submit is better than The Godfather book. Maybe they'll make it into a movie. All right. But my book, Killing the Mob, better than Puzo's book. Now, Puzo would laugh at me, scorn me. But I'll tell you, our research in Killing the Mob, impeccable. You want to know anything about organized crime from John Dillinger to Al Capone up to John Gotti? Killing them off. So that's why I have a vested interest in this. But I'll tell you, The Godfather, the stuff that happened in there, 
in that movie, in both of them? And we know, Dugard and I know, my co-author, because we researched this, but we found out stuff that nobody, nobody knows. Killing Mob out May 4th. If you pre-order it on BillOReilly.com, we'll give you 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. All right, I got a good mail segment and a good uh, final thought of the day. Um, it happened to me in a deli this morning. You want to stick for that. Right back. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Okay, let's go to the mail. Paula Litton, Marysville, Ohio. Mr. O, your column on the death of Fairness America superb. Even though I don't support the policies of Governor Cuomo, I'm saddened by the way he's being treated. Just as I was horrified at what happened to Brett Kavanaugh and the Pris treatment of Donald Trump. So all three of those men are, are, are mentioned in my column, and I hope people check it out on BillOReilly.com. Victoria Hurd, Fairhaven, New Jersey. O'Reilly, your piece on fairness was terrific. I decided to no longer be pressured into silence during the last impeachment of Donald Trump. For that, I remain silent when someone was unjustly mean-spirited about something, and I often let it upset me. Now I speak up. That's the key. Victoria, that is the key. The folks got to get angry. Robert, concierge member. Thank you, Robert. I believe the Democrats don't care if Joe Biden doesn't hold a press conference ever. To them, Mr. Biden is a hero, the man who dethroned Donald Trump. I'm not going to argue with that. I don't think they care very much. William Hassell, Sebring, Florida. If the president not bra- is the president is the president not breaking law by inviting illegal immigrants to come to the USA illegally, he's not enforcing the law, not breaking the law, but he's not enforcing the law. Tim Horgan, Wilmington, Delaware, home of Joe Biden. Can governors of states boarding Mexico deploy the National Guard to shut down the influx of people? They can back, not on the border. Back. All right. So it's federal jurisdiction, the border area, and then a lot of the um, border patrol, you know, there are designated areas. But, you know, those people, they're now warehoused on the border and putting the buses and out of there. Gretchen Dalton, Bullhead City, Arizona. Bill, I keep asking this question when I post on the message board. I hope everybody does that. Will you please address it? How is anything Joe Biden does legal? He is not of sound mind. It's not for you to say, Gretchen. Not for you to say. Joe Biden was elected. He's going to be president. They're not going to boot him out. 
So you could think it, but it's not going to have any effect on anything. Mary, Bill, thank you for your honest news program. Do the geniuses in Washington know that sending COVID positive illegal immigrants all of America will ignite, reignite the virus? They don't care. Mary, they really don't care. And you know it, and I know it. Timothy, I wonder if the decision by the University of Texas to keep singing the eyes of Texas is due to some research or the threats from alumni to stop donations. It is the latter. The alumni won that one. Larry, do you think non-black farmers have a shot in court? No. All right. The money that's going to African-American farmers was voted upon and approved by the body that does that, the House and the Senate. Colette Thomas, Westerville, Ohio. Bill received a subscription for Christmas to BillOReilly.com. Love the show. I learned so much more than the other news shows combined. I was surprised when you mentioned George Floyd was high on fentanyl. I never heard this. It's been reported, and that'll be a cornerstone of the defense. Judith Fagel, LeBronx, New York. My daughter is a sophomore in private school. We'd like her to visit colleges soon, but I'm reluctant to send her to a liberal college. Can you recommend some colleges on the East Coast that are receptive to conservative views? Now, this is usually a question for concierge members, Judith. Okay, that's why you become a concierge member. So I will give you a whole bunch of them there. I'll give you two. But I wanted to do this to get everybody. If you have personal questions about your family or or yourself or whatever, join the concierge crew. All right. The two that I would recommend are Salve Regina in Newport, Rhode Island and Fairfield University in Fairfield, Connecticut. But I got 10 others. But those two are not crazy left. Okay, word of the day, do not be peck sniffian. Interesting word. Peck sniffian. Can't put an, an article in front of it. Can't say a peck sniffian. That would be wrong. Just peck sniffian. Back with a final thought in a moment. Okay, so here's the final thought of the day. Um, as you know, this drives me nuts. Okay? So I'm in a line in the deli uh, this morning picking up a sandwich. We have great delis in New York on Long Island. And the guy in front of me, okay, I don't cut the line. I could, the deli people know me and all that. I don't stand there. So he gets up finally to make his order. And he's been on this the whole time in line. And I understand that. All right, you're bored. You're doing this, that, and the other thing. But when he gets up there to the counter guy, he doesn't know what he wants. And he's standing in line for at least 10 minutes. And I'm busy. And this guy, I'm going, sir, you don't know what you want? What? Now, let me make it more personal. The urchins. Now, the urchins have to do chores here in Camp O'Reilly. Okay? It's an old thing. Chores. You got to walk to Terra Dog. You got to make your bed. You got to do that. Every chore takes four times longer because of this. Because they have to have this in their hand. Try to make a bed with this in your hand. And the dog knows when you have this and you're not paying attention to the dog and the dog's going to eat something on the ground, it's going to make the dog sick. This is crazy. So now, now I have to institute even more rules. I can't give the guy in the deli rules. He's a man. He's an adult. The urchins have rules. You're not taking the phone on the dog walk. You have a minute and a half to make that bed. Believe me, you don't want to live in this house. <laughs> Although in the end, this is a good house. 
We'll see you tomorrow.